Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 26th episode of the SWW Show. This is me, AJ. I got Mike on the line. One, two, one, two, testing audio, testing audio. Wait, AJ, you can tell me to start recording. I got Mike on the horn. Not my horn, but a horn. Um, I, I'm genuinely curious. Okay, so you obviously understood that reference. How many people, because I think that's clearly a Midwest thing. What? On the... Calling your dick a horn. Yeah, that's what I made West thing. That's fair. Like, um... like, if... I mean, probably just through, like, using context clues. Like, if we went to Seattle and said them. <laughs> what what'd we, what'd we say? The giant space needle? Well... The space needle in the sky? Well, no, but, like, if we went to Seattle, does that reference necessarily play? Oh, probably not at all. Same thing with, like, if we went to Boston. Eh, Boston it might play. Boston? But, you know, if we went mid-Atlantic, if we went to Charlotte, would they understand? Like... Oh, no, not at all. I feel like that's definitely a... uh, That is a very much a... Midwest and Canadian... Wait, 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 you think Midwest and Canadian? Like, Ontario specifically. The province of Ontario, which is basically the the width of the Midwest. Well, yeah. So. Sounds fair. That is, that's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, I it's... I think people would quickly understand it, just kind of through context clues, but it might take them a second. You know, it's not like uh, they would instantly get it. Mm-hmm. No, that's... that's... Pretty true, I bet you. Um, but yeah, no, that is. How, do you, see, there's a lot of those terms. Though, like, what's the joke always that you know you're from Midwest? Someone walks past you and goes, "Oop." Um, oh. no, it's the oop is if you're like, if walk there's bump into something. Hmm. Like if you walk past or accidentally bump into someone. It's it's not walking past. It's if you're trying to like get somebody's attention. Or like it's also a an apologetic. Without oh. saying sorry, you're like, oh, like, oh, let's say you there. Like if you're walking through a a bar and you're trying to, you know, like there's two groups of people, but there's a gap and you can't quite make it, and you're yeah. as you're trying to go through, you accidentally hit somebody. You're like, oh, like I say, trying to squeeze through it there. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry about that. Excuse me. Like, it's more. Is Michigan really in the Midwest? Like, come on here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's more in the middle. What people call like (laughs) parts of Pennsylvania the Midwest. So that's really stretching. Like, I physically like Michigan. I'm probably less joking. Pennsylvania, like, I get it, but it's really stretching that term. I can see maybe up to Pittsburgh. The issue, though, is realistically when we discuss it, we discuss an entire state, and that's when I think it's pushing it. Yeah. Like, East like, Pennsylvania, I, like Philly, really, like, it, no. it, that's the East Coast of that point. Yeah. I mean, it's literally on the coast. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh would probably be the farthest I would stretch Midwest. West, the issue is how far west do we go from Midwest? Minnesota. This is the problem. Is Iowa not? 
I no. was more west. I was the Midwest. No. I was 100% the Midwest. I consider Iowa to be part of, like, that... It's part of the breadbasket. The breadbasket's the Midwest. No, it isn't. 100% it is. No, the breadbasket is, like, Nebraska and Iowa and Oklahoma. Iowa is a state in the Midwestern United States. Yeah. I wouldn't I'm, call it Midwest, but... I, I pulled up the Midwestern United States. Are you ready for these states? Uh, isn't Kentucky it. in part of it? Is Kentucky one of them? Not the list I have. I've heard Kentucky is a fight. Fight Kentucky fights its way in and out of the list. So it's Illinois, yeah. Indiana, yeah. Iowa, Kansas, yeah. Michigan. Eh. Kansas Minnesota. is a stretch. Uh, I don't disagree. Uh, Missouri, Nebraska. This is where I think it's a stretch. Nebraska is a stretch. Nebraska, I have not a problem with. North and South Dakota, I have a problem with. And then yeah. Ohio and Wisconsin. I mean, if you're going to include, I guess, okay, if you're including the Dakotas, you have to include Nebraska. And Kansas. And Kansas. So the, so the subsection is the east-north-central and the west-north-central, with Illinois and Wisconsin being on the east side, and then Minnesota, Iowa, and Missouri on the west side. And then obviously west of them, east of them, respectively. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, out it's, it's more Minnesota of a... Is, if Minnesota's in the Midwest, yeah. Iowa and Missouri have to be in the Midwest because they're directly beneath it. Not and necessarily, then, though, because think about, like, how do you define regions? We define them pretty broadly, though. Yeah. I define them as, like, first off, it's um, it's climate-based. See, but we don't do that. So it's climate-based. Well, but think about it, right? You have the Deep South, you have the Mid-Atlantic, the Northeast, the Northwest, the Southwest... Like, the southwest you think of as being desert. The northwest is always wet. The northeast is the northeast. Mid-Atlantic is, like, great swings. Yeah. Yeah. And then the deep south is known for being humid. Like... You know what also the great great thing that no one realizes? You know the Mason-Dixie line is the infamous slave line? Yeah. In the United States? You know the majority of big cities in the country are beneath that line? They are now. They didn't used to be. But it's very interesting because we think of, like, the South as, like, the sparsely populated. Like, I'm like, no, the majority of that, that is technically the north-south line in the country. <laughs> and the majority of big cities are under that line. Well, it's, <laughs> think about it, too, right? Like, the, why is Florida popular? <clears throat> right? It was, it was the 60s. Yeah, 60s onward. And then every year since yeah. it's gained, like, absurd amount. But yeah. No, so, that's kind of the flipping point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, it, it's just a it's a weather thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the the greatest generation started aging out of wanting to be cold half the year. Mm-hmm. So instead, they went to sweating their balls off for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just natural that the swings are going to move towards the south, the population swings. Mm -hmm. But I don't ever see, like, I don't ever see New York getting toppled. Uh, New York's hard just because how many? Chicago and LA, I could see it happening. Yeah, I could see LA overtaking Chicago, but nobody's going to overtake New York. Oh, no, no, let me finish you. LA is number two, Chicago's number three. I was thinking Houston, I see overtaking Chicago in the next, like, five, ten years. 
Yeah. It's, it's right now they are, I think, 800,000 off. Chicago loses like 50,000 people a year, and Houston's been gaining like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Probably two to three years. So, like, it's really like, unless something changes, it ha- it's going to happen. Yeah. But more of like, New York is. New York just grows. It doesn't matter how many people leave, there will be more people moving there. I don't know if New York City that's true. It's definitely true. Most city, most of the big cities have been shrinking. Let me pull but, the but think about it, right? Like, how much stuff is in New York? Like, New York is one of those cities. It's like New York, Los Angeles. Um, I guess you could throw San Francisco okay. in there, but I wouldn't. No, you're right. New York City is going, which which is yeah. New York City is actually at its record right now. At 8.336 million is the 2019 estimate. Uh, it last shrunk in the 80s, and then otherwise yeah. it's been growing. And it, well, it shrunk 10% in the 80s. But I just don't see like the the American Dream cities ever. Was Detroit out. not one of the American Dream cities? No, I think it was. If you want to, it, that, it used to be. Term, it, it definitely was. It used to be. Um, those to me are L.A., Chicago, probably San Fran, New York, um, Detroit. Detroit used to be. So the problem, the reason Detroit lost its stature as an American Dream city was '73. That was no, an oil was crisis. A war crisis. Yeah. So the oil crisis screwed over that city. That's that was when the Japanese cars started to flood the market. And so you can clearly point to 1973 as being the year that Detroit no longer was an American dream city. Just they couldn't they couldn't keep up with what Japan was doing in terms of technological advancements because they were stagnant. Mm-hmm. I mean for Probably 30 or 40 years, people don't like to hear this, but Detroit was the wealthiest city in the world. Wow. Like, you can't argue against that. Like, it was the literal center of American manufacturing for 30 years. That's true. It was the center of American manufacturing. I know it was the wealthy, but I definitely knew it was the center of manufacturing. Well, but think about the companies that either still are or were based in Detroit at that time. The big three... So Ford, GM, Chrysler, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Daimler Chrysler? No. It, it was Chrysler, you know, whatever they're called at this time and moment. Dow is based near Detroit, but they have an office in Detroit. Like, there's a shit ton of things that were based in Detroit at the time that ran the world. I mean, it it's crazy to think of how much that city like but it, it's very clear why that city fell off mm. like when you're so dependent on one thing right they were dependent on cars that was it mm. they had no secondary thing at all so when these cheap Japanese cars that were getting 35 miles to the gallon came out and were brought to the states and the average American car got like 15 to 20 if you were lucky mm-hmm. and were 16 feet long compared to 
you know, 12 foot Japanese Akana boxes, mm-hmm. it, the bottom just fell out. Like, it's very clear why that city failed. But, yeah, well, anyway. it, it used to be an American dream city for sure. Well, thank you for coming to City Talk, everyone. Uh, we will be back next month to discuss our next city of the month, which will be Tuscaloosa, oh, I think Oklahoma. So I went to Tuscaloosa. No, that's Alabama. Damn it, Tuscaloosa. God, you suck. Tuscaloosa. You don't know English and you don't know American geography. <laughs> There's the Tulsa, game. Oklahoma, <laughs> which was the site of probably. One of the worst massacres ever that nobody ever talks about. That's true, I know that one. Um, It's just despicable what happened there. Tuscaloosa, Alabama is home to Alabama University. The I believe Nick Saban is either the third or fourth highest paid public employee in the U.S. Yeah, that's um, true. They have a very good medical program there, I think it is. Um, You've done way too much research on Alabama. Well, no, Alabama's always on TV for their football. So if you watch any college football, they're going to eventually be on, and then they just talk about the university. That's fair. And the reason I know the Nick Saban thing is because every year that map gets posted of, like, who's the highest paid person in your state? Who's the high? You know, and then it's inevitably, who's the highest paid public employee in your state, and how much do they make? Because all that stuff's obviously, you can just look at it. But yeah, I forget how many states it is where the college football coach is the highest paid public employee in the state. Every it's ridiculous. State, I wouldn't be shocked. But no, be one of them was a chancellor of a university. It might have been Louisiana. I think LSU's chancellor went the last time I saw that chart made more than um whoever their football coach was because I believe that was one of the years where they were transitioning between coaches. Mm-hmm. So the coach that they hired or they had at the time was on like a temporary contract. Mm-hmm. So obviously he wasn't getting paid that much, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's hop into the video games. So, AJ, we've been uh, playing a couple times now. This small game no one's heard of called Among Us. Would you, would you like to tell the people about our experience playing the Among Us? Well, I'll tell you what. If uh, Alex Hutchinson had his way, nobody would know about Among Us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm just putting it out there. Well, for just to clarify for those that haven't been on Twitter, uh, Alex Hutchinson is a creative director at the Montreal studio that made, well, they used to be called Typhoon. I don't know what their name is now. They made uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. Mm-hmm. They got bought. And was it January? It was, it was either January or sometime late last year by Stadia. And 
Alex Hutchinson was the creative director at the studio, and of course, if you get and let let's be real, all of us would have done it if you were bought by Google. Mm-hmm. You would put creative director at Google. Like, it's not completely false. It's you misleading. Would, it's, it's misleading. I think misleading is the right term. It's not accurate. It's not a hundred percent accurate. He's just fluffing up his resume. Everybody does that. Yeah, you'd totally be like, at Google, asterisk, 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 the studio. Or you just say, um, creative director at Google Studios. Like, if you just put that. Mm-hmm. Or whatever their moniker is, yeah. I don't. I agree with you on that. That would have not necessarily cleared it up, but it's but it's more... much more accurate than creative director at Stadia. Yes, no, I agree. I, I um, he had a... I mean, I feel like it's a not uncommon it opinion. bad for someone that statute to making that, especially without yeah. clarifying the statement better. Yeah. I think it's a better way of putting it, because there's a way to make that statement that I think sounds less offensive than the way he did. But basically what he wanted to do was have streamers effectively buy a license to a game that they're streaming. Which, again, I understand. Like, Nintendo tried to do this with the whole copyright claim every Nintendo video. And how that work out? Well, I don't... So genuinely, I don't know. Because it seems like nothing really happened. But also, the issue that you've come for is Nintendo was different. And this is the true statement, is Nintendo can re- can show out a game from a first-party studio, and it's going to sell. Or it's going to yeah. be known about. Yeah. This is what the difference is. And I'm sorry, even if you Google, if you shit out an IP that I haven't heard of, it's not going to be the same as saying Nintendo did. Well, hell, look at Amazon. They, they had that game that they just shit out games. No, they literally shit them out. They, they well, they, they had a game that was that went live, that went one point out, and then got pulled down within a week because nobody was playing it. I don't understand Amazon and video games. I don't think they understand how to make video games or to market. Which is funny because they're buying good teams. I don't understand what is going on at Amazon. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a lack of money. It's not a lack of talent. I think it's a lack yeah. of vision. Yeah, I don't know, like. I think, I still think Amazon doesn't realize how they became successful. No, no, I think they do. I think they don't know how to replicate it in markets that you can't replicate that in. You can't replicate success in games the same way you can replicate success in another storefront. Like, so you started in books. Great. So well, to close, or you move to another thing. Great. That's the same. It's just, a lot of it's similar ideas. Entertainment is different. So, you're with this TV and film was when you came out on your Amazon Prime, everyone got this already. And also, your only competition at the time was Netflix and Hulu. So by the time other ones came out, you were one of the known players. When now, you're trying to go into a very known space. Well, but even think about, like, the rise of Amazon, right? Like, okay, they were... They weren't successful in books. Like, they were... Nah, they had some down years, and it nearly ended the company. And then... But they had enough capital to keep going. Yeah, they had VC behind them. I still don't think they're public yet, which helps. Right, they were a private company at the time. And then, 
you know, they found mild success in that, and then they just started to, they effectively got enough VC to just become a blanket market. And so then we're the marketplace. Great. Obviously, we're all using it. Um, the issue, though, is selling games is t- at least recently turned into a very different thing. Yeah. Well, I don't even think they have a problem selling games because they're still one of the largest video game retailers in the world. They have a but problem selling their games. Making selling. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. They have, they have a making. problem with the production. They don't have a problem selling. Which I don't understand because, again, they're not like, they're buying like. Not the biggest teams, but they're buying teams that make games. Like they're not buying yeah. like random people out of garages. They're buying like, oh, you have a track record of games. We're now buying you. You should at least make games. The issue though is Amazon's like, oh, we're buying ten teams. Great, everyone go make an MMO. Yeah, like they're well. Amazon's focus testing their stuff to death, right? Like mm-hmm. they're just looking at charts. Effectively, Amazon is doing what like the Raiders do. Mm-hmm. In the sense that a player has a breakout season and then the Raiders sign him to just an ungodly contract. And then the player can just never replicate it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what Amazon is doing but with video game studios. Like, they have a hit game. Like, nobody knows why a game is going to be a hit. And that's fair. And, and like, so that's why like, Amazon, in theory, could run games for a while and lose money on them and be fine. And like, they'd still let them stay alive. The issue is, though, they're making the games too big with knowing if they're going to fail or not. Yeah. You, your first game shouldn't have been an MMO. Your second game then shouldn't be a team-based shooter that then took you a couple hundred people five years. It should be a, let's get a game out relatively quickly, see what worked or didn't work great, let's get more data, go again. Because I assume their business plan was to lose money for five well, years. Great. And, and Try think, to lose as much stuff as you can in that time period. Yeah. Think about the one game that they're... They're not necessarily funding it. But they're definitely partnering with. They're partnering with Star Citizen. Like... First off, that game is never coming out. It can. No, that game is never coming out. This... Don't say stuff like that. The book on Chris Roberts is going to be the greatest book ever written. <laughs> because he has multiple of these games where he effectively fleeces people. Like, his game before Star Citizen, like, kind of did the same thing. Like, it mm-hmm. raised a shit ton of money and then just didn't necessarily deliver. And I I love Star Citizen existing because it there's still hope that you know people can still fleece the idiots mm-hmm. in media right like nerds will be fleeced no matter what mm-hmm. that's just a given like I hate to say it but nerds will always be fleeced Star Citizen finally hit a group of people that don't normally get fleeced, and that's the that's the tech people. Like tech it people will... don't necessarily always get fleeced on things like this. Like they'll get fleeced on devices, but you know they don't get 
They don't get fleeced on properties. <laughs> so it's hilarious to see this. Yeah. But, okay. No, and then the whole response to Hutchinson's thing has been hilarious. Uh, the tweet of the year goes to Alex Navarro, and and we um, all with calling nine one one because we all publicly saw Mark. his his was good. His kind of swoop in, stir the pot, and swoop out was pretty good. Some of the responses though have been hilarious. Did you see Daniel Dwyer's? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, let me see if I can quick pull it up because his was hilarious. Danny, oh Danny boy. Okay, his thing was he. He is one of the guys that I also have the problem with. Of him, he retweets a bunch of stuff, so finding anything on his timeline is just impossible. Um, let's see. He had one that was the. Uh, Oh, it's probably not going to show up on this timeline because it was a reply. Um, it was the uh, the Simpsons meme of, am I wrong or are the kids wrong? <laughs> no, the kids are wrong. Um, it was just, it was a perfect, perfect response to, here it is, okay, um, so Hutchinson kind of doubled down in saying that. Amazing to me that people are upset at someone saying that the creators of content should be allowed to make some of the money from other people using the content for profit. So to be fair, I want to say the general thing that I think we mentioned before. I was more curious on this. Um, we did an interview with Ross. Got a year and some change ago. Um, and I, that was one of the things I obviously talked to him about was Let's Plays in general. And the general consensus and that you just started this story about is it's a very gray thing. And the honest answer is no one wants to sue to find out. And so, and it's the, uh, it might have touched, no, it's the children who are wrong. Danny's very good at the, the uh, swooping in and. Weird pop culture reference. Weird pop culture reference that just on the surface is funny. But then if you start to think about it, like. Actually, he just, he lit him up pretty good there, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, like, again, it's not necessarily a taboo opinion to... So there is, so again, there is a legal question there, but the, again, though, it's if no one sues to find out the legal question, and no one of statute sues to find out, to find out the legal question, which any company who does is going to have a PR nightmare on their hands. We'll never truly know the answer, and that's why it's a gray thing. Well, think about it too, right? Like, if if the uh, like if Twitch, right, just had a a list that they sent to every streamer, that's like, okay, this game is approved, thirty bucks. This game is a hundred dollars. Oh, I'm saying that'd be a logistical nightmare. Don't get me wrong. This game wants X percent of subscription Ad revenue or subscription revenue, yeah, yeah, or tips or I sub sub revenue would be tough because it's not necessarily the game that you're playing that makes people sub. The honest answer should be is the ads that are on. So some 
once you get big enough on Twitch, you know those ads that support you. Is it should be akin to the they get if you want. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting for sure. Yeah, it's 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 a unique one. But because, anyway. well, and I mean, games would just not get played, right? Like. Mm-hmm. The best, the best lot. PR in the world for a video game. For a game, are heard of. Well, for any game, is that tweet that somebody inevitably does of, there's fifteen thousand people on Twitch streaming this game. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, the. $10 million campaign to put up posters that nobody's going to see or pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, first off, these people bought your game most likely, or a large chunk of them did. Even if you gave away 100 copies and there's 15,000 people playing, that's a really good return on investment. And then those people are probably going to get other people to play. Mm-hmm. Among Us would not have been successful. No. Like, flat out, they said, we're gonna, we're sunsetting Among Us 1 and we're gonna work on Among Us 2. And, you know, if Hutchinson's plan was in place, that game would have been sunsetted very quickly, right? Like, there would have been nobody streaming it. But, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Among Us, AJ. Yeah. We've been having fun. That's true. Uh, So we've been playing Among Us. Yep. What would you say, uh, how has been playing Among Us with my crew of people been, AJ? Um, Well, first off, so there's three tiers. Oh, no. Of people that play. So we've got... There are archives of a stream that I did on my Twitch, on Generic Jericho, and then the SWW Show YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three tiers of players in the, we'll call them the SWW group. Oh no. I, they're not all SWW people, but um, it's just for the sake of condensing it down into a group, it's just easier. Um, there are the people that know the game inside and out. There, no, I don't know the game inside and out. Tuesday's pretty good at it. Corey, Corey thinks he's good at it. (laughs) I genuinely believe about half of the stuff he just kind of lucks into. Um, who else? Like, there's probably one or two people on that top tier. Okay. Then there's the mid-tier of the people that... I would say know how the game works, but don't know, like, necessarily the intricacies. Mm -hmm. And that's most of the people. (laughs) I put myself in that category. Uh, Megan's in that category. A couple of the guys from the stream were in that category. Am I in that category? No. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and, like, that, that mid-category is, like, 
you know, we had it where uh, one of the guys that we were playing with thought you had to be in the room to sabotage. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, whatever. Like, that's that thinking is not wrong. That's, that's probably somewhat of a common assumption. Tell yeah. Yeah, like, if, if nobody told you how the intruder or the uh, imposter system works... You would assume that. I think like, that's a fair assumption. That's, that's a fair assumption. Like, that... I... Yeah, of course. That's how it should work. But it doesn't, which is fine, but... Um... And then there is the, uh... The basement tier that... Know how some of the things work. <laughs> Don't know really how anything else works. And are probably better off as crewmates dead because all they can do is do their tasks. And who who goes Oh, that's you and your roommate. (laughs) (laughs) You and Hannah are two of the just (laughs) For the record, I don't get stuck in doorways like she does. No. You're also the competency of I'd say a six year old in that game. I don't understand why you imply such things. Um, Under what ground are you saying that's true? Uh, let's see. You frequently, whenever we play with two imposters, are if you're an imposter, are called out almost immediately because <laughs> you always walk past a body and never report it. Have I, have I told you you actually didn't see the body? I still don't believe it. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of things to point to of, man, he's just not, not very good. Um, I feel like of the people in the middle tier that will become top tier players, Megan is one of them. She is scary good at the game. Like, it's almost, it it's bad when you see Megan... Well, you're happy if you're an imposter and you see Megan on your team because she's this competent imposter. So you don't have to worry about him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's fun to play at that point. I feel like the, the round where she and I were imposters... We just made, like, there were still too many people alive, and we made a mistake that we couldn't necessarily recover from. And, uh... There's the round with me and Edgar, we almost won. It was, there was two of us and three of you guys, and it was, he got, I called the dead body, hoping that we could pin on someone else, because we had a good vote, and realistically, I thought we could do it. And the issue was that someone was watching security cameras and watched Edgar kill it. Yeah. If that didn't happen, I think we could have been fine, because worst case, as long as all three of them didn't agree, I mean, Edgar would have won. Yeah. You gotta look for the cams, dude. <sighs> so annoying. Yeah. Okay. Have you been playing anything else in your spare time, or just the usual? Um, The usual. I am... Plowing through Tony Hawk at this rate. No, you got it fixed. 
No, I'm just playing on PlayStation. Mm, yeah, got fixed. Oh yeah, I never said that on podcast. I said it on the stream. I uh, I fixed my Tony Hawk situation by just buying the game on PlayStation. Um, this is why we don't play games on PC. This is why we don't buy games on the Epic Store. No rebuttal to that exactly. Um. Yeah, I think I've got something like five or six of the parks in Tony Hawk 1 completely done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got like three in Tony Hawk 2 done. And the vast majority of the parks, I have like one thing to do. It's either like get the tape or it's um like... It's usually a collectible or get the tape. Mm-hmm. Like collect X, whatever. I have that or the secret tape, and then I'm done with the levels. The level I'm having the most difficulty with, though, is downhill jam. Trying to get the tape on that level is just a bitch. Because if you're not dead on, it, like, it's you get one maybe two chances at it. Mhm. So. Okay. Nice. I finished uh the Outer Worlds Hill of Morgan DLC. I think we kind of talked about it last time, but oh, I Gorman Morgan. I think it's I'll say six seven hours. I think it's for what it is. It's fine. It's totally just more of that game. So if you want more in that world, I think it's a good time. I don't think it does anything like insanely unique or like changes anything fundamentally. So it's more of a like, do you want more in that world? Great. If not, it's not going to sell you on it at all. So it's, like, it's just like a Fallout DLC. Yeah, which would you, but like I wanted more in that world, so I was happy. But like a lot of people at a certain point just don't want more just in a world. So. This game works though, right? Yeah. Okay. It was made on the. It was made on Unreal, so it's not like made on some janky engine. Well, Unreal can be janky, but not in the same way. <laughs> Unreal's version of jank is way different than the creation engine's world of jank. Unreal's j- Okay, so Unreal jank. I've been playing Session, the skateboarding ah. game. That's built on Unreal. Okay. The physics Unreal? jank in that game is ridiculous. That might not be Unreal. That might be whatever they plug in they use, to be fair. But yeah. But... The physics engine in Unreal is atrocious. I think it's fine. It's just, like, I don't know. It, it, it gets ridiculous at points. I was say, it's probably stronger than the one in Unity, so I don't, like... And in Unity's physics engine, you can still make it do what you want. So, it, what the point of physics engine is, make it do what you want consistently. <laughs> That's it. The The best physics engine I think I've ever interacted with was Frostbite. That's just because of the creation system. The destruction system, I mean. Yeah. That's solely what that is. That has nothing but to do with anything else. It also, I mean, Frostbite's also a physics engine that takes into account bullet drop, wind. Mm-hmm. Like, just everything that they built that engine to do. When it's a shooter, it's the best shooter on the market. Yeah. When they try to make a football game <laughs> with a shooter engine... That was good. It gets interesting. That's for sure. I will say, like, to give the Madden people credit, 
the physics, like, well, sometimes, I mean, you have to give people credit for what they create. Okay. The physics on the football have never been better than when it was on Frostbite. I can believe that, because that's a lot of the same logic. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you change it because objects are in, but it's a lot of the same ideas behind that. Yeah. But, like, it actually felt like the wind was going to affect how you kicked the ball or how you threw the ball. Whereas on the Ignite engine, I believe is what it's called, it's just... It's back to old Madden. Just bullet pass it, and you can throw it 70 yards, and the receiver's going to catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I'm looking through this. I think that's all we have played, uh, jumping to what we have seen. Uh, one of the things is, we talked about, I watched all of season two of The Boys. The Boys. The Boys are back in town, AJ. The boys are back in town. I actually really like season two. I have to ask, do they open the first episode with that song? No, they don't. They Good. really should, though. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say it? I think, what I, I'm trying to remember the text they sent you. You said something said, about, like, it goes Watchmen, Watchmen then X-Men, or something like that. I think I said, I said, in the beginning, it feels like Watchmen, and then it turns into feeling like X-Men 2. Is X-Men? Yeah, X-Men 2. And then it turns into something really different. And then totally shocked AOC didn't do that show. Or she must like the show, because they totally cast AOC in that show. There's a congresswoman from the 6th District of Queens. <laughs> and well, you can okay, it looks but, just like her. I mean, okay, 6th District of Queens, but that show takes place in New York. Like, you're going to make, you're gonna make references. Literally, like, they show her campaign logo, and, like, it's literally AOC. I mean, I have no problem with them doing things like that. No, I don't. I think also, I think also, probably as long as satire, it's probably legally clear no matter what. But it's just funny of how it's. I'm like, like, so you watch shows. It's like this subtle. Like, is this a politician we know? We're like, this is full blown her. Well, the I believe in Harvey Dent was just what was it? Was it Nixon or Reagan's logo? Like, they do this all the time and stuff like that. Like, they're just gonna. They're gonna find the pop culture reference and make it. I think 2008 was Nixon's height of pop culture. But go on. Well, no, but also that his character, the Harvey Dent character, was written. Yeah. Around that time, they didn't change the campaign yeah. logos. So and Nixon was kind of known as a two face. That makes like that actually makes sense if you kind of read Nixon as a characteristic part, like what type of character he was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I but like, but that. what I'm saying is, like, Dark Knight didn't change the the well, uh, it, logos. They didn't change the logos, but they, they grounded that world a lot more than most of Batman had been. Yeah. That's was big. That was the big Nolan thing. Was like, let's ground this world into something that feels like it can exist. Which I really hope. What are they calling? Just Batman or the Batman. Batman? That looks like it's going to return to the Nolan esque. Nolan-esque, but not necessarily at, maybe not necessarily as grounded, or maybe more. I don't know, it looked pretty grounded. Like, I watched the trailer the other day for some reason again, and I'm like, that still feels, like, I'm I'm curious to see, because, like, Patterson feels like he fits the role. Um, yeah. I want to see what the Riddler is a little bit more, and, like, Riddler can be a really cool, grounded villain. But also, think about, like, 
think about the tech that they used and abused in the Nolan. Like, the Batmobile was something that, okay, yes, it works and it drives. Mm-hmm. But realistically, that would have never been made. Mm-hmm. So, whereas the Batman's Batmobile is just a modified, like, mid-engine mm-hmm. old sports car. So maybe maybe a Twilight Batman mm-hmm. will be more of the uh, I really like the way that they're going with like obviously they're completely different franchises but you know Spider-Man Homecoming was very much a grounded Spider-Man I'd say it's very different because Spider-Man being grounded is way different than Batman being grounded. But I but, but I like the idea that we're getting to these. Hear me out though. I'm gonna say something. For a Superman movie, Man of Steel is grounded. I haven't seen Man of Steel, and I've maybe seen that movie twice. Let me put, okay. Just because of the nature of how they discuss the villains and they discuss Clark Kent growing up and how they kind of show that, I think for a Superman, and that's the essence of for a Superman movie. Obviously, it is grounded. Especially compared to Batman vs. Superman or or Justice League, it's a hundred percent grounded. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, other stuff. Um, I've we watched two episodes of Black Mirror the other night. Which series? <laughs> um, what do you mean? The series? most recent series, or you mean season? Well, they're called the series. Let me pull it. Actually, I'm gonna pull up the episode list, and I can tell you better. Cause I just wrote down the notes for me. Because it's a UK show, so it's their series, not seasons. I know, it's fucking disgusting. Um, we watched uh, the entire history of... No, it's not the entire history. We didn't watch that. We watched... Did you watch series five? I don't think so. I'm pulling up what we watched. I don't know. No, Maybe not. Know. It doesn't look like season series five is out yet. Uh, it's out, I think. It's out. Oh, it's only three episodes. Yeah, no, it's super small. I do like that it's... They're short series, but they're like... I mean, you want to talk about production value. Uh, I watched Crocodile. Okay, so you watched series four. And what's the other one we watched? The one with the Uber. Smithereens. We watched Smithereens and Crocodile. So Crocodile is the one, they have a, like a memory piece you put in the ear and they kind of run through the memories. That's not the one I focus on though. I want to focus, so Smithereens is the other one. It's akin to like Twitter kind of, and it's someone takes someone hostage who uses like an Uber-esque app. And the thing that caught me about that episode is, is to me, it didn't feel like a Black Mirror episode. And what I'm, I mean by that I'm, is Sorry, I'm me, trying to find the uh, Smithereens. So... To me, what makes a Black Mirror episode is the idea of emergent technology that doesn't exist. And because Smithereens focused on, like, a Twitter-esque app, I'm like, that exists to me. And that, to me, is what threw me out of it, was, like, part, like Black Mirror is, you take this thing that, like, we're on the verge of existing, or kind of exists, but we don't understand it yet, and then kind of twist it. This just took a thing that actually exists and just say someone got in a hit into an accident with it. Like, that, to me, is... But, I mean, that's also... Hold on, see... That's, uh... 
that's hang the DJ, right? Like that's effectively Tinder. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like um, I'm not saying don't do it, but I think to me though, I always think the series is weakest when it does something that only exists and just doesn't add anything to it. Like playtest is just like what if VR was taken to the extreme. Right, but that's taking to stream. This is not taking to stream. This is just saying that someone's distracted on Twitter while driving. That's the entire plot of the episode. I mean, like, it is what it is. Like, they can't be all bangers. No, and that's fair. Um, I mean, hell, the first episode is literally something that happened. And the entire history of you is something that will happen. But that's something that will happen. Saying it's something that will happen to me is different than saying something that fully exists. Yeah. Also, can you imagine, so the first episode of Black Mirror, Black Mirror switched over to Netflix, I think, for... Three? Three. Three, yeah. So series one and two were aired on, I believe it was ITV. In yeah, the UK. The, fir- the literal first episode is the story about the current prime, like the literal current prime minister in the UK about a rumor that he had to have sex with a pig in college. Mm-hmm. And that is the storyline for the first episode. Yeah. Like, can oh man, like, to go back to 2011. And be just in the zeitgeist of the UK at the time. Like, because they, I mean, that was a huge, like, in terms of production value, Black Mirror is up there with anything HBO does. No, that's I agree with you 100%. I don't think I'd argue with that in the slightest. Granted, I think HBO gets, I don't, so, okay, I don't know. HBO is obviously the gold standard. Mm-hmm. They always will be. I like, okay, San Junipero, for instance, like had a couple big name actors. The production value of Playtest was huge. Like USS Callister, the opening for season four. Mm-hmm. That is a huge like in terms of budget and production like it was amazing but then you have you know archangel which isn't that good like in terms of value and then you have metalhead which is very much a if you're not if you don't like art film you're going to hate that episode mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, it's just kind of all over the place, but mm-hmm. no, that's that's fair. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I think that's kind of the big stuff. Unless you've been watching anything big, watching the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Way towards the World Series through the World Series through the World Series. They're up two games to one. Wow. So I okay, I'm trying to remember, there was some history made. So we're recording this on Saturday, last night. Um, Walker Bueller pitched for the Dodgers in Game 3. He became the first pitcher in World Series history to record, record double-digit strikeouts in six innings. Okay. 
He had 10 strikeouts through six. Um, and it is also, I believe, the second time in World Series history that um, in back-to-back games, a team was no-hit through four. Okay. So, like, this World Series has been a historical one, not only from the fact that, obviously, it is a just weird World Series. Mm-hmm. With kind of the way that everything has to be done. But it's also like... uh, Mookie Betts is doing things that only Babe Ruth has ever done. Um, Position players for the Dodgers are doing things that have only been ever done once. Like... um, Austin Barnes hit a... uh, a safety squeeze, a safety bunt, and then his next act bad, he hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Like, that had only ever been done, done once, that somebody had a sacrifice, RBI, bunt, and a home run in the same game. Mm. So. Nice. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Sweet. And it's always yeah. great when they cut to the dugout and Cody Bellinger's there and just looks like he's on cloud 10. Just because he's there? Now, look up a picture of uh, Co- uh, Cody Bellinger if you've never seen a, a picture of him. He looks stoned off his ass whenever he's in the dugout. Maybe he is. Let's be honest here. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him because the MLB doesn't test for weed, but... Oh, he oh he definitely looks stoned off his ass. Yeah. But wow. I also, like... I don't think marijuana would help you play baseball. No, it probably hurts. Because... I didn't watch him go to throw the ball. He'd be like, where am I throwing it? Where? Like, if anything, an upper would significantly help you. Yeah, an upper I can see, but like a downer? Yeah. Like, if you're just doing lines in the dugout, and you go up to bat and can just you know, basically count the seams, the stitches on the ball as it's coming to you. And you can just time it up perfectly, like, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a downer I don't think would be... The most helpful thing in the world. Yeah. No, I tend to agree. I definitely tend to agree on that one. Yeah, okay, nice. Oh, yeah. And it would make baseball feel even longer. Oh, yeah. Baseball doesn't need help being longer. That's the one thing baseball does not need help with. No. Well, okay. I will take a four-hour baseball game if it means the teams are just blasting home runs. That's not usually. That's not the case. Okay. So I think that's all of the other stuff. I think it's time for us to hop into the news. Well, hold on. You have... Quote, bouldering under you what you've that? done. I was going to skip over this. Uh, yeah, I started doing... Do you know what that is? Yeah. So I started doing that now for some reason? Okay. So, we're just going to talk this out because mm-hmm. the vast majority of guys, whether you you like to admit it or not, pick up a hobby for one of three reasons. <laughs> oh, no. Well, just... Right? You either... There's a monetary 
a um, physical, like a relationship thing behind it, or you are like the the one that nobody wants to talk about is like recovering addicts get into things to try and like people that were addicts have addictive personalities. So they just start doing something to try and replace whatever they did. Okay. So of the three, as far as I know, you're not an addict. I I just, I smoke crack all the time while recording. What are you talking about? I don't think there's a monetary thing behind it. <laughs> so that leaves one. <laughs> You're funny as fuck. And, and from the way that you're pushing it off, it's definitely that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, I took several psychology classes. I took several. Like, I took two. I took four. I took two because I had to and two because I wanted to. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun, though. Um, I think I'm V... I have someone like, between V1 and V2 because they, they rank all of the walls. Yeah. It goes up to... It goes up to, like, 16, but, like, there's, like, a dozen people in the world that can do 16s. Okay, and so right are, you, are you actually bouldering or are you going to a gym that has walls? No, it's a bouldering gym. Okay. It's a gym that is... So they also have rock climbing, like, with the... Like, the uh, hooks or whatever that yeah. you like, like no, the the walls I'm doing are actual ranked bouldering walls. Okay, so it, it is bouldering. It's not rock. It's not like just rock climbing. It's actually. Like, I wasn't sure if you were like if you were going out because there no, are some out. spots in Minnesota where you can truly boulder. No, no, I'm going, I'm going to a gym. I'm not that okay. crazy. Okay, but it's it's still it's but they are still like we still they're still ranked. It's not like a flat yeah. wall. It's not that it's. It's a pretty decent workout. Uh, the issue, I, t- I totally tore up my hand the other day. So, I'm not doing it for a couple of days. Because I had one where, because you know, I'm like five, seven. So, there's a few of them that... On like, a good day. Little... <laughs> you're funny. Uh, I, but like... Well, let's let's be realistic. You're, you're five, seven in the same way that I'm six, two. No, I'm actually five, seven. I'm like, I'm like six and a half an inch. I okay, so I don't like. I genuinely ha- have no idea how like. To me, just like, and I'm sure everybody has this. Like everybody thinks, like, oh, I know what five seven looks like. I don't. So I am genuinely. Like, I, I I know how tall you are, but I'm like five six, maybe some like three quarters. But like I'm, yeah. I'm five seven. I'm not like bluffing myself an inch and a half. Yeah. Any stretch. Well, um, like, <laughs> I mean, you. You stopped by to visit at one point, and everybody in West Michigan is like six feet tall. So, like, the only time you're ever five seven is on your way to six foot. Like, nobody stops at five seven. Yeah. Uh, but the big so one of the walls though I was doing where it's definitely like if you're a little bit taller, like my one of friends are there, and he could do it. He just kind of reach and go for it. I had to kind of like jump up and try to grab myself and then swing myself over. So, like, a few times when I did that, I would grab onto the thing and then slide off. Are you in a harness when you're doing this? No. Okay. It's, you fall on the ground. Well, I wasn't sure, like, how how tall. I think I think where I fell is, like, six, seven feet. Because I know some of them will, they'll put you in a harness because you're going, like, 20 feet in the air. So I think this wall, I think, tops 
12 feet? 10 feet? I mean, that would still hurt. It's still don't wrong. Like, you'll feel it when you fall, but if you fall correctly, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's like padded floor, obviously. Yeah. See, it's like you're falling on concrete. That'd be yeah. amazing. Can you imagine the gym? All, that'd, that'd be the reality TV show. And all of the rest. It's like pure concrete floors. You know who would be good at it? It would be wrestlers, because they know how to take a bump. They'd be good at the falling. I don't know if they'd be good at the climbing, because it's very specific. And some wrestlers are probably just too big. Yeah. I mean, so so gen- genuinely, that's what that's what you need to do if you're going to continue to boulder. Learn to need, wrestle? Well, not necessarily learn to wrestle, but learn how to fall. Like, go to, go to a wrestling school. There's a bunch in Minnesota. And just, like, figure out how... How to rotate yourself from no matter the height to land. Minnesota is the only state that I know of that had a professional wrestler as a governor. Um, I'm trying to think. But AJ, who is the uh, yeah, governor? I'm I, I, it's the body Ventura, but <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, the only thing I can think of is maybe, like back when wrestling was truly a thing. Like, I mean, Abe Lincoln's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, so, like, we had a wrestler president. That's true, but, like, that's not what I mean. I mean, but... Yeah, but he was more like Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah, well, he wasn't, like, (laughs) going in there. Which, can you imagine imagine a 6'1", 6'2", guy, Greco-Roman wrestling? Like... (laughs) For for people that don't know what Greco-Roman wrestling is, that's Olympic wrestling. That's grappling. That's you don't want to be tall, mm-hmm. or if you're tall, you need to be heavy. And uh, Lincoln was not known for being heavy. No, he was a twig. So being that size, and also having to wrestle guys significantly smaller than you. Mm-hmm. Would be extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's now. Uh, we have the first new story, which is obviously the most important story and the most upsetting. Oh, one of the most upsetting stories is James Bond. AJ is no longer coming on in Thanksgiving. Everything getting delayed. We, we we would like to apologize uh, on behalf of this Mr. COVID-19. I don't know who puts the numbers in the names anymore, but apparently Mr. COVID pushed it back into April of 2021. No, it's SARS-CoV-2. Mm, so he's the second. Okay. Yeah. We should really tell I mean, his father. Like, if we're being... Brutally honest, it is effectively the second SARS. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. that is the I think that is the, the for us one of the big things. So obviously, that was the thing that was reopening theaters. That was the movie that was for a lot of theaters, like Saving Grace, coming on Thanksgiving, and now Le Bond is Le Pushed, which. I don't see... Okay, so AMC is obviously doing the theater rental thing. Mm-hmm. I don't see how AMC stays in business. We will get to that in a hot minute, Asia. Uh, the other delay story as we get to the AMC question, though, is also the Dune movie 
is being pushed an entire year. Not surprising at all. That one's, I think, less surprising. But, like, compared to... Also, I think it matters less than non-matters. Also, here's the thing, right? Like, all these studios that are just sitting on movies that are done, put them on Amazon for 40 bucks. You know, do what Disney did with Mulan. And get, like... Because, honestly, nobody's gonna really care in April when No Time to Die comes out. I'm still gonna go see it in theaters, you're saying? I mean, yeah, we'll still go see it, but nobody's gonna care. It's gonna be... Let's just jump into it. So, we have this kind of this string of stories kind of all theater-related. Um, so one of the big ones, obviously, is AMC is saying they're concerned, they think they have money through, they said, through the end of this year. And then they also have announced a new deal in which you can rent an entire theater for $100. And they have a list of, of basically films that are approved for it. It's a weak list. Also, do you notice, too, which I didn't realize, pending the movie actually is above $100. So like yeah, it starts at a hundred, which it's a week. It's an interesting list, uh, to say least. I think it's a, I think it's a cool model to try to get money. And then okay, so it's it's this, as we're discussing theaters. By the way, is New York has announced the ability of some non-New York City theaters to reopen, which at least should push AMC's. They said the liquidation in a couple months. Well, but so this is not city theater, so this is going to be like Buffalo and Rochester, and that's it. That's still at least more theaters for them to handle. Also, think about it, right? Like a a closed theater obviously makes no money; it's, it loses everything. Mm-hmm. An open theater mm-hmm. could potentially lose you more. But then, than my a assumption theater. is, if it's going to lose more than the closed theater, then they will keep it close. I don't know. I feel like AMC is at the point where they're just like, we got to open them. Just the hope that we get revenue. That's fair. Um, so the movies are Two Hearts, which I have no idea what that is. Apparently there was a 2019 Adams Family movie. There was. I don't remember that. Alita Battle Angel. Which I heard was good. It was, it's okay. I saw it. Broken Hearts Gallery, which is a new movie. Come Play, which, no idea what that is. The Empty Man. I think came out last year. Sure. Hocus Pocus, which, it doesn't say which one that is. I assume it's the one that we all grew up on. The the one from the 80s? Is that the one we all grew up on? Uh, I think there was one in, like, the mid-80s that released. Uh, Honest Thief... How to Train Your Dragon one, not any of the others. If any, you know, you know, what would be the best one though. How they should do How to Train Your Dragon triple feature and like yeah, and like I, I promise you that'd be a good family thing. What do yeah. we all do on Thanksgiving that we could all kind of be together? Yeah. Um, Jumanji: The Next Level. God Almighty. So the second one, I still haven't seen that. <laughs> not sure I want to. Jurassic Park one. Monsters, Inc. 1. The New Mutants. 
So there's another <laughs> new movie. And that one's more than the hundred bucks. And it, Tenet's on the list too, I know. Does it say... No, it doesn't say. Oh, oh has yep. Prices. The cost for this movie ranges from 149 to 349 <laughs> plus tax, depending on theater. Who the paying $350 to see New Mutants? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That one, like, so the Halloween-themed ones, I think, to me, I would have wrapped them in a package. Yeah. Like, those all make sense, obviously, just Halloween based on the time. Ones, wrap in a package, give a small discount, say, now you have the theater for five hours. Yeah. That, to me, would make a lot of sense. Shrek, which, I guess it's a good, like, the uh, family the uh, family uh, movies on this are weird. So, Be- I because think the it's, non-Halloween family movies, I agree with you. Yeah. They're I, either, ones, I think makes sense. Yeah, they're either really old or they're like the second. Yeah, um, which, which is the weird part to me. Like, like that Monsters Inc. I'm like, put both Monsters Inc. on there, for example. Yeah, Tenant, and then the War with Grandpa, which is another new movie. Okay, so Shrek. Shrek is a hundred bucks. Just doesn't matter where. It's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Five dollars ahead if you have twenty people. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like Two Hearts is a new movie. Because it's a 149 to 349. But I'm wondering, so the 349 plus tax, does that include... Not food. Well, no. But is that... Dolby... I think so. It includes whatever it's showing up. You have to email the individual theater manager, it looks like. Yeah. And they have... Dolby theaters listed, so I guess I can see Kansas, Michigan. I could run out my local one. Um, you know, I could see a Dolby theater running three fifty mm-hmm. because I, I think the, I think those are like twenty five buck tickets anyway. Mm-hmm. They're expensive. Um. So, but that makes me wonder. Okay, so one forty nine to three forty nine. The only thing that's unique, like they don't have any of the IMAX theaters listed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like so. Is it one forty nine or three forty nine? God, like. Is a Dolby one three fifty and a regular one one fifty? Like, mm-hmm. um, what they should do, and which I, you know they could never do, just based on, um, I'm sure there were several laws out there saying that you can't do this. But let me rent out the theater for five hours. I'll pay you two hundred bucks, and let me just like. Let's have a giant Rocket League game, or... Yeah, I wish you could just rent them for... Which, I know some theaters you can still do. Like, you can just rent the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Or, like, I want to rent a theater so I can watch Interstellar. I've got the Blu-ray... Yeah, that should be if you have rights to it. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, but that—that's a sticky situation, though. If it's 
if, if you're paying rights they might be okay like there might be something like, like if you have a disc it might be acceptable kind of stuff yeah that's probably get along with that that's probably streaming is what gets weird well no they can't i don't think they'd be able to charge per seat they could only charge renting for a space to use that yeah. would be they could charge but, you be like hey you but no you couldn't buy a ticket here. like you mm-hmm. the way that um alamo does it where you have to buy the ticket Right, no, what they would have to do is be like, we are renting you a party room and here's a DVD player. What you do with it is yeah. up to you, we can't touch it. That'd be, yeah. I bet you that's legally clear. Yeah. So, okay, so put it on the docket and Mike and I are going to run on an AMC and just all day, it's just going to be like hardcore porn. <laughs> It'll be $5 a head, so it'd be $10 a person. <laughs> <laughs> That okay, so that would be the way to do it, right? Like, <laughs> charge five ahead, and just say that, and then just charge every dude ten and every girl five. And... It's about myself with that one. That was a good joke. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you. So we're gonna have blocks, to... though. We're gonna have a two-hour bondage block. We're gonna have a <laughs> a uh, um a sub block for. An hour. I don't think I don't think Mike or I could stand watching Doms yeah. and subs for more yeah, than an hour. Do. So we get one of those, like you know the old Sony TVs with the glasses for the player one, player two. Yeah. <laughs> you do that, and that way it's playing two different videos. If you don't like the one, you just click a button, and it goes to the other video. That would be no. That would just be way too much. <laughs> I was like, that's too much work. The well, the, like work. the tech wise, I don't think it. Like, to make that work would be insane. I guess. I guess. But anyway, jumping on to other uh, theater-ish movie news. We have a giant block of Disney here. Uh, The big thing is basically Disney announced during the earnings call they are fundamentally restructuring that company. Which basically means uh, they are working on bypassing theaters entirely now. And traditional TV, and are basically turning into a streaming company. Obviously, they still have a parks division that's fundamentally hurt right now, and a cruise division. But they are basically changing the company to focus mostly on streaming or majority on streaming. And that includes Disney Pixar Soul, which was the movie that you didn't know about a couple months ago when we were talking about it, you and Cho, is now bypassing theaters entirely and going straight to Disney Plus. Didn't I say this was going to happen? You did. It was also the Pixar movie that you like. I don't remember this Pixar movie. Yeah. Also, I predicted this move. Also, what's interesting is uh, Soul will not have a premium price tag. It will be included with Disney Plus. I think they saw the backlash to Mulan and were like, "Yeah, we can't do that." But it's interesting though because they were putting a bath on that. Hmm. Just the cast is good. This is a good chunk of money. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if they, uh, like, you know, what was their true cost of that movie to uh, to Buena be- Vista? Not not the listed budget. You think to I I say listed budget matters. Well, but how much did Buena Vista actually pay? Like, because this movie was greatly helped by several. Chinese production companies. Fair. 
So yeah. whole, what do you think the budget listed is? And you, then you could argue logistically what that is. But what do you think the budget was? Well, it didn't break Pirates' record, so I'm gonna go like three fifteen. Uh, uh one fifty. One fifty. That's not bad. Because it had a lot of it's voice cast. It's Jamie Fox, Tina Fey. Uh, um, uh, some other ones I don't know. Graham. Graham oh, the soul. Yeah. Sorry, I was talking about um, Mulan. Uh, no, soul. I could see having a pretty high budget. Yeah, Angela Bassett. Like this is like a cast that like cost money. Yeah. Obviously, not everyone did, but like it totally cost. This is not like a relatively cheap cast. No, I mean Jamie Fox is one of the most expensive voices out there right now. Which is interesting because I'd want Jamie Fox as an actual actor more than voice actor. But... Yeah, I mean the. Uh... I don't know as a voice actor. I'm surprised he's that expensive as a voice actor. Let me phrase the statement. Well, I think he's expensive because he can basically list a price. That's fair. Right, like. If you were, you know, uh, do you think he raps in this film? No. You don't think Jamie Fox just like is the he just instead like he's gonna do the thing where like he's the closing song? No, because it's a uh, it's a movie about soul music, so I wouldn't. I don't think he would rap. He may start. You know, rhyming because that was kind of a. There was a scene in soul music that was like predating rap. Mm-hmm. So I could potentially see that maybe happening. But, I mean, Jamie Foxx can call his shot, right? Like he can, mm-hmm. he can say, "If you want me in this movie, I'm gonna be fifty million dollars." Mm-hmm. And. You know, it's just, if you want them, then that's what its price is. Like, I'm not surprised at all. But, so let me reframe the entire discussion here. So, obviously, as actually, we have a second Jamie Foxx story, I think, we'll kind of frame the discussion pretty nicely. So, it is now being officially confirmed from Hollywood Reporter that, which is a Sony property, so bear with it, the next Spider movie, Jamie Foxx is returning as a villain. From he did from Amazing Spider-Man 2. And and I know this is Sony's a little different, but let's all be honest, eventually this will be Marvel. Um, what I mean, also, think... Hollywood Reporter is owned by, like, Sony yeah. corporate. They have nothing to do with But I'm saying, Sony but generally pictures. speaking, I'm curious, because the Marvel part, actually, is what I'm curious about is, how long do we think we have left of the MCU movies before they just go straight to VOD? I wouldn't be so okay. So this has end of next year mm-hmm. listed as its release date. Pushed a bunch of MCU movies into like halfway through next year, and like Black Widow, I don't even think has a release date yet. Or if it does, like it's some joke date. It's not going to hit. Yeah, I see this movie. Black Widow is May seventh, twenty twenty one. Currently. That's not coming out. Uh, yes. That is going to be a Disney Plus exclusive. But, like, when that goes, it's going to... Because that was supposed to be this year's best performing movie, was the estimate. 
which I find hilarious because yeah, especially because like MC movies I know perform. I would never expect Black Widow to be internally the, the estimated best performing film. I would have thought Bond would have done better. I think with a full box office, Tenant probably would have been up there. You think I would up there? I don't know if I'd have done Bond because Bond just because Tenant was. I hate to say it. I think we discussed it. Tenant was trying to be a Bond. Yeah, but nobody nobody knew that. I think it felt like that in the trailers. Also, you have to remember, Fast and Furious was supposed to be this year as well. Don't know that, that yeah. No, that no. would have been the top box office performance. That, was... that would have been a $2 billion movie and nobody would have thought. Nobody would have blinked an eye. Obviously. That would have been, of course. Um, I mean, this is a 2022 movie. Like, whether you like it or not. Everything is getting pushed from 2020. I bet you 2020 will have films starting by halfway through the year. It's a matter of what films and how calendars look. Because calendars are going to be fudgy for a while. But I mean, remember, there's a shit ton of movies that were supposed to release this year that they still want in theaters. Yeah, so mid-2021 is going to be everything that was supposed to be in March Mm -hmm. is just getting pushed till then. I don't see Spider-Man 3 staying in 2021. No, that's fair. I think a lot of 2020 films will actually come out in 2020. I also don't see... Films get pushed. Like, this would have been an insane time schedule because they were shooting, like, probably around about now mm-hmm. to have this movie come out a year later. Mm-hmm. Like... MCU films tend to go relatively like boom, 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 boom. Are they just farming the effects out to a Chinese, like, no, they're death in, camp? And Lucas, I think. My understanding. Uh, I guess, yeah, Lucas isn't doing shit, so. I, my understanding is I think all of the Marvel films are, are edited at Lucas. That doesn't surprise me. They're like, well, we gotta make our money back somehow. Yeah. Because that was not a cheap purchase. <sighs> They made their money back, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's not cheaper. They made their money back, and they, at the same time, destroyed the franchise that made that studio worth anything. Fair. Fair. But I bet you there's still enough money to milk out of it that your purchase that was worth it. You could say it doesn't change the way we talk about it, but the money will... So, yeah. Uh, so, next section, we have a couple of trailers to talk about. Uh, the first one, I think both of these you probably won't care. But the first one is Animaniacs. We dropped their first trailer. I'm surprised Hulu picked this one up. I am too, and I actually think it looks like it's doing. I think I actually think it'll look good. Yeah, I'm more surprised that Disney didn't just. It's because it, well, it was Fox. Yeah, cause it was Fox, wasn't it? Yeah, so that I guess that's where it gets weird, right? It's a. It's not Fox. Only it was a Warner Brother. It was Warner, that's what it was. But I think it was Fox ran on Fox Kids. Am okay. I crazy? Time to look this yeah, up. I thought it was on Fox. Animaniacs. I, it's time for Animaniacs. Woo! I uh, only know Fox it from Fox. the... Uh... Yeah, Fox Kids Walk, Steven Spielberg Presents. Well, okay, so hold on. And then It, it moved, started on Fox Kids, Fox Kids before Kids. moving to the WB. Moved to Kids. Point about it, but that makes more sense. Okay. 
that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And then I bet you that yes, no, one hundred percent that is. It's still, I guess, Hulu Warner owns a third of Hulu. Like right? it was. Well, it was. It was, um, it was Disney, ABC, NBC, was and Fox. Those were the three that started Hulu. NBC is Universal. NBC that's not even Warner. Yeah, that is weird. Also, because Hulu at this point has Disney's controlling stake in Hulu because they own two thirds of it. I think they bought NBC that's, out. Uh, no, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Walt Disney Company owns 67% of equity with full control. Comcast still owns a third of equity, but they have removed all voting rights and sold those. That's to what it was, yeah. So they still have money behind it. They do not have voting rights on it. So they're just a stockholder at this point with no voting rights. Yeah. And interesting, as 2024 is when they're just going to buy them out entirely, whatever the valuation is at that point, is the deal. Yeah. I knew it was um, eventually going to be full Disney, but... But it's still a while. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so generally with Anime X, I find it interesting they got Spielberg back, and I also think it looks... I think it looks great. Like, it looks like Animania. It looks like a modern Animania. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those old, the still kind of hand-drawn animation shows mm-hmm. will scale up amazingly nice. well. So. so, and the next trailer is Invincible. Um, are you familiar with Invincible at all or no? No, but you want to talk about a show that looks like it's, you know, done very well with up and then going immediately to a show that looks like it's straight from the 90s. What? This? Invincible looks like it's straight from the 90s. Well, it's, it's a comic that uh, the creator of The Walking Dead made. Uh, wow. It ended a couple years ago, but it's been going on for a while. So the, the big thing for Invincible is an insanely good comic. And what I find interesting is the voice cast they got for the show is pretty insane. For yeah. for the so it's Stephen Young, J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, Joan Jacobs. I'm just going through big names here. Zachary Quinto. Again, uh, though this is this is Amazon, so they can just throw money at something. There's no guarantee it's going to be good. I mean, it looks like it's going to be good. Like I'm, I'm at least like I I'm willing to bet it's going to at least be good. Because it's, it's eight episodes, and my understanding is it's just the first arc of the story from the comics. It's funny, I clicked on the uh, Prime Video Wikipedia page because it was on the Hulu one. Mm-hmm. On December 14th, 2016, Prime Video launched worldwide, except for mainland China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, and Syria. <laughs> I mean... Two of the, two of the three. Okay, I'll say three of those countries make sense. Mm-hmm. One of those, I think, is just purely because their infrastructure can't handle it, and the other one's an active war zone. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, I would love to visit Cuba though. Wow. Uh, well, so I think think about it, right? Like. Cuba is Cuba is what the US looked like in the 50s. 
Yeah. Like that's it just froze. So yeah, all the cars are to like that even yeah. The cars, the architecture, the you know, the styles in terms of like the uh what things are colored, like. Mm-hmm. So Otherwise, I think people should check out the trailers. They're kind of cool. Uh, final uh, film and TV news story, which is very important. A Hollywood Reporter has officially confirmed, and we'll have a second update of this, is both Jared Leto and Deathstroke are returning. So Jared Leto is the Joker, and then John, whatever his name, or Joe, what was his name, uh, as Deathstroke are returning for Zack Snyder's Justice League. AJ? Is... Well, no, he's just joined the reshoots. So, so is this film plot going to make any sense, do we think? Um, hold on. I'm looking for the uh, Deathstroke thing. I don't think it's on this article. It's not on this article. It was came out like two days ago, and I just never added an article for it because I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, we were talking about this beforehand. This, like... Okay, HBO currently has it listed as four hours. You this will gonna... end up being five and a half hours. Oh, yeah. I think they do 90-minute episodes. That Much in the awesome. same way that, like, um, Chernobyl did a couple 90-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Also, speaking of cool things on HBO... Um, Run the Jewels performed their entire fourth album for uh, Adult Swim's Holy Kalama Vote thing, and that performance is on HBO, and it is good. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. If you like Run the Jewels, if you don't like Run the Jewels, then it's it's still a really good performance, but. Otherwise, jumping into some... We only have a couple game stories that's really slow actually this one. Uh, first one, after <laughs> AJ... Well, it, was, it was slow until about a couple days ago when... That's true. A creative director... A current creative director, probably soon to be former creative director. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the first story, after AJ was convinced it was not coming out this year, Worms... Limbo. Uh, I just make a point because of the story, just solely because AJ said that earlier in the year. But I mean, having... like this, all the signs pointed this to being delayed out of the year. Shh, shh don't ruin this for us. And it is having an open beta on November sixth, and then the game will be officially coming out on December first on all major platforms. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's just on PS4, PS5, and Steam. It is apparently a PS. PlayStation console exclusive. Not surprising, considering I believe Worms started on PlayStation. I think it did, but the last couple have been on everything. That's what's yeah. surprising. Um, so I didn't realize they went back to that. I just—it's more Worms, so like I'll be interested to see how this plays, considering it's a bad rail. And is this um, is this old school Worms or is this Worms 3D? It's more old school. It's more old school Worms. So it's like 2.5D, I believe, but 
the game's signature power outlook. Okay. Also, <laughs> Worms is like if it's Worms is not a battle royale game. No. Why are they calling it a battle royale? This one is. Uh it will include the game's signature modes, last worm standing and last squad standing, standard deathmatch in one arena as well as a training map. So is this a 3D? I don't think so. I didn't think so. Can make it up. Alright, I'm gonna try to mute this as quick Peggy. as I can. Okay. Uh, um, looking at it. I'm watching gameplay or the trailer. It? it looks like Worms 3D. Oh. It doesn't look quite as Worms 3D as Worms 3D was. Well, okay, hold on, though. This is... It's not turn-based anymore, it doesn't look like. Correct. Okay. That's... Yeah. I guess that's... That one factor is maybe the biggest thing that... Mm-hmm. Maybe... This is so 2.5D. This is not like Worms 3D was at all. Well, some of the the trailers made it look like they were going to that... Back to that Worms 3D. Mm-hmm. And the way that, like, it's uh, one arena as well as a training... Like, that arena phrase mm-hmm. makes it made it sound like maybe they're bringing back that Worms 3D, which... I don't know if people just really hated it or it didn't sell. Worms 3D was not what we always seemed, is my understanding. It's certainly a... It was a cool idea. I wonder if bringing that back now would generate a better response. Yeah. Okay. And then final game story of the month. AJ, it is officially the end of an era. Uh, Farmville is officially shutting down. On well, December 31st, 2020. Farmville and all Flash games. That's true. Flash games. The end Flash of... dies December 31st. That's going to be so weird. <laughs> just think about how many games that like are just going to be gone. Well, there's the... Uh, I forget what it's called, but the... Um, like, Flash Preservation Group... So do you think do you think Steve Jobs is officially smiling in his grave because of this? That was his war with Flash, is what the hell this started. No, I think Steve Jobs was just a perpetual just hates everything. But this hundred percent started with his war in Flash on the iPhones. Hmm. No, I don't think it did. Really? That's I think that's the first. I think the death of Flash. the death of Flash was when Max stopped running Flash. Okay. It wasn't when iPhones didn't run Flash. It was when Max stopped running Flash. Because think about it, right? Like, how many edutainment games are built on Flash? A lot. A lot of mm-hmm. them were. And Apple had a, not great, but for some reason, extremely well-saturated education system. And, you know, so 
none of these edutainment games worked anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they would have had to effectively, you know, switch their entire computer system over to Windows, which no school district is going to foot that bill twice. Putting it once was hard enough. Yeah. God, I hated growing up with Mac. That schools are atrocious. Well, and it wasn't even that you had Macs. It was that we always had the uh, PowerShell ones. Oh, we had actual Macs at least. The the um the col- the the all in ones that had the uh, translucent cover on the back that were different colors. Mm-hmm. We had those in the classroom. But then when you went to computer lab, those were all of the, those HP, like, workstation machines that everybody has interacted with. Mm-hmm. It was those. So we were effectively learning two different OSs. Oh, that's almost worse. Well, but in the grand scheme of things, right, Mac and Windows really aren't that different. Yeah, that's fair. I just prefer... Windows. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it. the flexibility is there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've always said, if I were to, if I had built my computer as a, as a Mac, right? Like, not a Hackintosh, but a Mac. Mm-hmm. It would have been, well, what it is now. Right, if I took what I had now and made it as a Mac, it would be $35,000. Mm-hmm. Which, there's no way I would have been able to afford that. But, as a Windows machine, it was $1,500. And I could afford that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Looking at games coming up soon, uh, this list is kind of outdated, but we have PS4 launch games. Uh, PS4? Souls. Okay, and PS5. Actually, I think Souls is the only one that's only PS5. Because Miles Morales is definitely on both. And then AC Valhalla, which is also coming out on November 10th, is obviously all of next-gen and this-gen and PC. Cyberpunk 2077 comes out on November 19th for current-gen. Next-gen upgrades are sometime next year, but they will auto-upgrade. And then, as we discussed, Worms Rumble comes out December 1st. Uh, I think we are sticking with our lack of movie club for right now, to account for the lack of theaters. And I believe that is everything I have for this show. Before we wrap this show, I can't wait to watch us bore that movie. Oh, I was about to say, I was going to watch it at some point. I think this weekend, too. If it truly has the scene of Giuliani fondling himself, I think that's hilarious. It doesn't, though. Like, it came out, and people are like, that's not at all what it was advertised as. Yeah. But, like, from the way that he described it, it doesn't look good. (laughs) It doesn't look good, but it's definitely not the way they were. No. Also, what is it with him being able to get Republicans to take their pants off? Because he did this on his Showtime show. What was it? This is America? This is America, whatever. Yeah. No, that's the song. Not, but yeah, I know you're talking about it. It's his his show. 
whatever it was called. Something. Yeah. Yeah. He had that. Yeah, he had that. Was he from Alabama or Louisiana? That representative that he had him. Was that not Joe Walsh? I thought she'd said something with Joe Walsh on that show too. He had somebody stripped basically completely naked. Okay, I don't think that was Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh was the old, old Illinois rap. He had something with him on the show. Sasha. Aaron. Cohen. His name is spelled weird. It's a C-H instead of a... Okay, his... His show was called... Who is America? Who is America? Jason and Spencer. Joe- that's who it was. Georgian and then- representative. And then the the Joe Walsh one was the arming toddler. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jason Spencer, Republican state representative from Georgia. How to detect and repel terrorists by taking pictures up a woman's burka with a selfie stick, walking backwards while burying his buttocks, and yelling racial epithets. That's what it was. Yeah. Spencer initially refused to step down, stating that he was exploited by the producers. I remember yeah. watching that entire clip. You're like, what the fuck? He was not exploited. Like, he was listening to this guy hook, line, and sinker, no matter what he said. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. It was hilarious. lovely note, I think, is how we're ending the show for this month. Again, check us out every single Friday, 9 a.m., Central Time on anchor.fm slash SWW or the SWW show on podcast feeds around the globe. You can find me at Mikey underscore Mooney. Find AJ at AJ underscore Losey. Um, hey, tweet us what song we should use as bumpers because we can do that true. now. We now can do that according to Anchor's new rules uh, since they are owned by Spotify. I think there might be a limited catalog, but we can search internally if it's listed or not. It's not limited. It's all of if it's on Spotify, we can use it. Is that what the rules? Okay, that's what I read it as. Nice. So yeah, I think that is it. Uh, we will have an F one show either right before, or right after. I think right after this episode, based on race times. I believe that is everything. AJ, anything else for these lovely people? Uh, I don't believe so. Ooh, uh, go out and vote. I guess, but I think that I think this is up too late for you to go vote. So. If you didn't vote, I don't know how you didn't. Every signpost in America has a sign that says go vote. People, I'd love to meet the person who's like, there was an election? The only reason that you shouldn't vote is if you aren't registered. That's fair. And Let me my, uh, my dad isn't registered believe, to vote, I don't... so... I don't believe in compulsory voting, but I agree with the you morally should vote, but I don't agree you should be forced to vote. No, you shouldn't be forced, but you should just... Can you hear me out? You should vote. And if it's not, if you don't know something about every race, maybe don't for every race, but like vote for the ones that you do know about. And hey, if, if you have to vote for somebody, just do the, uh, the shack, um... S-I-T rap. A, B, C, and it's a D. This one's D, so there's a gotta be C. <laughs> Just, like, go through... Also, like, if you have, um... At least this is the way that I do it. If you have, like, uh, school boards or treasury that you can vote for two, mm-hmm. go ahead and choose one of each party. <laughs> like... 
because at the very least, there's also, diversity. Most of those, most of those, you're just taking a random guess anyway. Like unless you yeah. know the person, let's be honest, you probably unless like you accept you, I know the person, but like broadly speaking, you have no clue about yeah. those. The only, the only one that I was like, okay, I'm voting for this person solely because I know them. I didn't know the other, like, I knew the person in his family. But you didn't. Yeah. I, I may not necessarily agree with everything that he stands for. But. But I know him and I'm supporting him. So. Okay. Also, Fair. the other guy was a joke, so I was like, no. Fair enough. See ya. Uh, we'll catch all you next time. Goodbye. This episode is partially brought to you by the Humble Choice Program. Did you know Humble Bundle has a great monthly subscription service that lets you get a ton of video games every single month? That's right, from plans range from $5 to 20 bucks a month, you get a hold of a bunch of free games they have available to you. And you can use our code down in the description below to go and sign up. It would help our podcast and help you see what great games are available for you this month. This podcast was a production of The SWW Show. To learn more, go to theswwshow.com. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at The SWW Show. You can follow me at Mikey underscore Moni. You can follow AJ at Boy. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday, 9 a.m. Central Time, on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.